the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we're beginning a new series called The Abundant Life. As, well, life requires money. So to have any discussion of an abundant life, we must include a discussion about our finances. So how does God view our financial affairs and what is his role? Do we trust him? Avoid him? This series will challenge us to consider how we view God and our money. The message today is part two of an abundant life and how to pay for it. It's time for Radio for Real Life. In the understanding, I want to look at this idea of financial blessing. And I'll make a few points regarding financial blessing. The first one is this. God wants you and your resources to be blessed. Okay? God wants you and your resources to be blessed. Now, some of you would be just fine if I just had God wants you to be blessed. We'd be like, oh, yeah, I get that. But the minute you add and your resources, you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I want to suggest you God wants you and your resources to be blessed. He wants to bless your spirit. He wants to bless your heart. He wants to bless your relationships. Those are the deep things, the big things. But I want to suggest to you, he also biblically over and over talks about how he wants to bless your resources. Great passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 6, says this. Remember this. He's talking about giving, just generosity. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So he's using agricultural principles to describe a spiritual principle. He says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He's saying, he's saying, in your heart, I want you to be someone who is generous. I want this to be a part of who you are. He says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Note that language. He's able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. See, there's a couple key words that he used there. I mean, I just want you to look at that. He said he wants to bless you. There's that word again. His favor poured out on you. And he didn't say with meager blessings. He said, I want to bless you abundantly. There it is again. He's talking about this idea. God's desire is to pour out abundant blessing on you and I. And he's talking about actual resources here. Listen why. He says, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. He's talking about generous people. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. There's something in him that 
He wants to bless us. He wants to bless us to the point of being so full that we can be a blessing. That's the principle. That's his desire. His desire is that he wants to fill us up so full that we can be a blessing. And again, I can't believe I'm using this analogy two weeks in a row. Who'd have thought? He does not want us to swell up like some tick. Okay, there it is. Remember last week, the tick? Well, the tick is back, okay? He doesn't want us to swell up and kind of take in everything that we can. What, what he wants is us to be people who are generous and have an open hand. And so he wants us to have plenty. He wants us to have plenty. But so that we can be people who are generous and who give. And this is such a powerful understanding of God's heart. He wants us to be people who are able to act on that desire in our heart to be generous. Because all of us, I think, want to be generous. We don't want to be the one who's always having to scrape and, and, and always having to, to kind of need and want. We, we want to be someone who has enough and can be generous. But what's interesting is we think that's someday. And I want to suggest God says it's now. Now, when we talk about this idea of financial blessing, I want to be very careful here, Okay. I want to beware kind of a popular but misguided idea of prosperity. Okay, and again, it goes back to what I talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, It's this idea that, okay, for God to prosper us financially, that means he wants all of us to be really, really rich. And I just don't think that's a biblically defensible idea. It's not true, okay? Just not true. Here's the idea. God wants to bless you so much that you can be a blessing. He wants to prosper you so much that you have ample supply, to quote the scripture, to be able to give and to be able to share. And he wants to prosper you and bless you regardless of how much or how little you have in the bank. It's a very important idea. I share it every time I talk about finances, but I think some people miss it because what we sit and think is, okay, blessing and prosperity looks like, okay, making, having this much money, making this much money, having this much money. That's what it looks like. And what I want to suggest to you is God's idea is a lot bigger and a lot more, the word that comes to mind is invasive in every area of our life. He is able to prosper you, whether you have a lot in the bank or whether you just have a little in the bank. You can still be a person who is prosperous and full. And you need to decide whether you believe that or not. I love this passage of scripture. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. This is from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Now, a couple ideas, very important in this passage. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. He's talking about resources. Okay? His blessing is able to enrich and prosper and supply his people. The blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. I'm telling you right now, if you, if you either maybe have a lot of resources or you know people with a lot of resources, you know what this last part of the scripture is about. Because I have to tell you, that there is a type of prosperity that can be a curse. And I've known lots of people in this. I grew up around a lot of wealthy people in the polo community. And I have to tell you, that I, have, I came to believe that money and wealth was almost kind of counterproductive to joy, peace, and happiness. 
And there were some notable exceptions. Don't get me wrong. It's not like everybody. But I saw so many people who's, who had lots of wealth, way more than our family did, lots of resources. They drove the nicest cars. They had the coolest stuff. I'll give you that. But it, there seemed to be no joy connected with it. It's like there was this, there's this closed nature, this watching everybody, mistrusting everybody, this isolation it created, this tension. There's no joy, no peace, no, none of the things that we, that we love and that we think this is what real prosperity is about. A prosperity of soul, of, of, of spirit, of relationship, of resources, all of it, the whole deal. There's a type of prosperity, and, and I, I'm, I'm sad to say it's the most prevalent kind in America that sometimes feels more like a curse than a blessing. And, and that's what the writer of Proverbs is saying. He's saying, see, when the Lord blesses, and when the Lord enriches, there's no curse. It's, it's like you get the rose without the thorns. There's no barbs underneath. It's a powerful idea. So let's not, let's not kind of, let's not get this idea that I, when I talk about God's abundant blessing, I'm not talking about God wants to make everybody financially rich. That is just ridiculous. What I am saying is God wants everybody to be financially supplied, financially full and able, so much so that you have abundance to bless and serve others with. Now you might say, well, but what about tough breaks? Because stuff happens. I mean, there's people in this room, you know, tough breaks. Things happen. Um, I have to tell you, there's a great passage of scripture. It's in Genesis chapter 31. Um, Jacob is speaking to his wife, Rachel. He had to work for the right to marry her. And all along the way for his wages, his his father-in-law, Laban, tried to cheat him. And it was in in agricultural context. He says this to Rachel, you know that I've served your father with all my strength. Yet your father's cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God didn't permit him to harm me. This is so cool. If he said the spotted shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore spots. The way the wages were determined was the more rare the spotted livestock were to be Jacob's. And his uncle did everything he could to manipulate that, take all the males who were spotted away and, and keep them away from the, the, the females so that the breeding couldn't have spots. And he did everything he can to try to cheat him. If he said, the spotted shall be your wages, then all the flocks shall be spotted. But God did not permit him to harm me. Said, I'm sorry, I'm reading the same passage again, aren't I? Okay, and if he said, the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and has given them to me. In other words, he tried to cheat me, but God wouldn't let him. In the breeding season of the flock, I lifted up my eyes and I saw in a dream that the goats that mated with the flock were striped, spotted, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and he said, here I am. I'm sorry. See, this is what they worried about. And he said, lift up your eyes and see all the goats that mate with the flocks are striped, spotted, and mottled. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. Now listen, this is really key. I am the God of Bethel. And again, this is from our Bible reading. We've been reading this last month. Bethel means house of God. It was where Jacob had this moment with God and he committed his life to the Lord's leadership. I am the God of Bethel. In other words, the God who you surrendered to at Bethel where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise, go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. See, it didn't matter that Laban tried to cheat him. It didn't matter that he had hard financial times. I have to tell you, um, 
I watched God bless my mother. She had some tough stuff happen in the context of her life. But I watched him bless her and provide for her. And she'd never had a big bank account in those last years. But she always had plenty. And she had plenty to give. And she always had more room at her table. She always had a, a plenty for everyone. It was crazy. There's no way the math worked out for her to live abundantly like she did. But God blessed her in spite of tough circumstances. And some of you have some very real tough circumstances. Maybe you have a boss like Laban, who's literally trying to cheat you, trying to, who made promises, commissioned promises, whatever, and changes the deal every time it starts to work. I don't know. What I'm try- here to tell you is nobody can screw up God's blessing in your life but you. You're like, wow, that's kind of harsh, Sean. Why'd you have to say it that way? Because it's true. I believe that. I don't believe anyone can get in the way of God's plan for our life. I don't believe anyone can, can mess up God's, God's blessing for us but us. If we stiff arm him, if we say, no, God, I'm not interested in your way, then yes, we can stiff arm the blessing of the Lord. But what I'm telling you is nobody else can do that because Laban might come along and say, well, I'm going to cheat you this, I'm going to cheat you. Do you understand that he's not bigger than God? And that God can intervene and God can prosper you in spite of what someone else intends? So it's really not up to your boss whether you are blessed and prospered. It's not. God can bless or prosper you in spite of that. It's not up to your company. It's not up to the government. Like the economy, I don't know. The economy, oh, where's it going to go? It's such turbulent times. What do I do? Just know, God wants to bless you in whatever economy we find ourselves in. And you need to decide if you believe that. And let's take a quick moment to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Abundant Life and How to Pay for It, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. Just look for the series called Abundant Life, where there you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Abundant Life and How to Pay for It. This is Radio for Real Life. See, we have what we call, what I like to call a scarcity mentality or poverty mentality. You know, we think of life as a zero-sum game. It's like there's only so much to go around, and then once that's doled out, that's it. There's no more. And you can tell if you have this mentality, because most people don't really go around thinking like that, but you can tell you have a bit of a scarcity mentality if when someone close to you gets a financial blessing or a windfall or something, if the first reaction in your heart is kind of, a little jealousy, a little bit like, Egh. if that happens, 
That's a sign that you may have a scarcity mentality or poverty mentality. You may think there's only so much to go around. And it might not be even conscious. You're not sitting there thinking about it. But something in you has been taught, something of you has believed this idea that there's only so much to go around. So if someone gets a little more, that means there's a little less for me. And I just want to say to you, that is a lie of the enemy. It's not true. God is not restricted. And this is a transformative idea that he wants to bless you and can bless you no matter what's going on around you. And he wants to prosper you no matter how much or how little you may have in the bank. This is not a message for tomorrow, God wants to I want to say today, he wants to begin prospering your finances. The challenge is, will we trust him enough to let him? Understanding God's heart for your money begins by understanding God's heart for you. A second idea, God wants to give you financial freedom. Let me put that up. God wants to give you financial freedom. He wants you to be free. Look at what Galatians says. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, this passage is talking specifically about the freedom that comes through Christ and the cross and how we are set free from our sin. We are set free from the curse. We are set free from brokenness. Okay, And he's warning against being enslaved again, particularly in legalism and trying to earn your own way. But this idea is he's talking about this whole point is freedom. Do you understand? We are not supposed to be slaves to sin, to fear. That is not God's desire. I want to say to you, with authority of the word, God does not want you chained to financial fear. Do you understand that? He does not want you walking through your days worried and fearful about money because it's a chain. He doesn't want you living your life that way. He wants you free. God does not want you chained to debt. And you're like, oh, he said the D word. God does not want you chained to debt. And let me just be real clear. Uh, debt definitely is a, is a prison and a chain. And I, I want to say to you, if you're in debt here and it's a challenge and a burden and a struggle, uh, this is going to be Okay, a no judgment, no condemnation zone. Okay? I am not going to beat up on you about your debt. I'm not going to anything. But what I want to be is a cheerleader who has learned from experience God can set you free from debt and wants to set you free from debt. When we started this ministry for a number of years, we didn't get paid. And then, then when we were, it was very modestly, and it was just very tough financially. And Dave Ramsey wasn't around to scare us into, you know, right habits, okay? So we just kind of made do, and the process was we got ourselves into quite a bit of debt. We, it was never to where we couldn't pay our bills, but it, it was pretty hard, pretty tight. And it was burdensome, and it was painful, And it was interesting, I had this idea, and I want to challenge, maybe some of you had this idea. I kind of had this attitude, and I would have never really put this on the Lord, but I kind of carried it, and it was this idea. I got myself into this hole, I can't expect God to get me out. I kind of had that little kind of ethic about me. I got myself into this hole, and uh, I, I, I can't ask God to get me out. And God corrected me on that, he's like, are you serious? How about the, the sin hole that you got yourself into? Are you going to let me help you get out of that with the cross? Well, yeah. Well, why do you think your money or your other areas of your life are any different? He said, I'm not necessarily, and he didn't. He never just bailed us out, okay? But he said, I'm going to be with you in that hole, and we're going to together 
go and we're going to work and I'm going to bless you and prosper you no matter how much or how little you, have, little you have in the bank and I'm going to bring you through that. And today I'm grateful to say we have no debt and it is a very cool thing. But it took time. And what was interesting is it wasn't like miserable until that day. It wasn't miserable until kind of... It, it, it honestly was God prospered and blessed along the way and we kept working, kept working. I just want to say to you, if you are in debt, and that is, a, that is a chain. If you're sitting here and you're in debt and you go, no, I like it. I love having a big chunk of my money going to things I've already bought. Okay, well, then I don't know what to say to you. Okay, you're weird. <laughs> but if you're here and it's like a burden or a chain, I just want to say to you, you don't have to live with that. I want to be a cheerleader that says you can actually be set free. That's God's heart, his desire, that's his will for you. We have a great ministry called Financial Peace. It's through our River City University. We've actually got a new class starting in a few weeks. It's perfect timing, okay? So you can sign up, go to reallife.org. You can sign up for Financial Peace. It's by Dave Ramsey's organization. They're fantastic. And you go through with a group of people. We've seen classes of people retire hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. I mean, just huge stuff. I just want to say to you, you can do that. Because God wants to bless you, and he wants you to be free, he doesn't want you to be enslaved. So if, that's, if you want some help there, and it's an, a financial piece is about a lot more than just debt reduction. It's a whole way of handling finances. And I just want to encourage you, sign up, be a part of it. Don't walk through it alone. It's fun to go through with other people, and it just really gives you some hope. And we want to be a place to help you with that. God doesn't want you chained to making money in a way that you hate. And you're like, well, I don't think that's true, Sean. This is my penance. Some people think that. I don't believe that. He does not want you chained to making money in a way that you hate. Yes, we're supposed to work. We're supposed to work hard. We're supposed to work, earn our own bread. That's a biblical and a godly thing. But work's supposed to have purpose. Work's supposed to be partnering with God in the management of creation, in doing something significant for the world. Your work is supposed to be something, yes, there are hard days. There's no job worth having that doesn't have some days you go, well, I'm glad that's over. But... Overall, you should be able to say, man, I'm doing something that I think matters. I'm doing something I think I'm good at, and I'm doing something that I think God has me doing. That's how you're supposed to work. So where you may be exhausted at the end of the day, but you put your head down on the pillow and you've got peace about it because you're doing something that you go, yep, this is what God has me doing. And that's a good thing. It's an honorable thing. He doesn't want you chained to making money in a way that you hate. He wants you free. That's not freedom. See, remember what the greatest commandment is in the Bible? Remember what it is? You should love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Well, that's really hard when your heart, soul, mind, and strength is focused on wrestling with financial problems and financial fear. And a lot of people, their heart, their soul, their mind, and strength, everything is about dealing with money problems and fixing money problems, and that is sucking abundant life away from them. I just want to say that is not God's desire. He wants you free. Imagine living from your heart. Think about that. Imagine just living from your heart and following him. Imagine being able to follow the Spirit wherever he leads and just living to, to fulfill God's purpose for you instead of just paying the bills and trying to catch up. That's what he intends for you. That's what this whole series is about. That's what abundant life feels like. And our heart and our desire is to help every single one of us tap into God's blessing, which his desire is to have us live abundant life. Remember, understanding God's heart for your money begins by understanding God's heart for you. Last thing. God wants you to change the world. And I think we know this, but do you understand God wants to use you and your resources to change the world? Really. 
He wants me to change the world. He wants my resources to be used to change the world. And he wants me to have plenty in the process. And he wants me to enjoy the process. He wants to bless through that process. That's the heart of our Father. He wants to give me and my finances significance. He wants me to do something important with him, something significant. And he wants my resources to matter. He wants to save me from the dead end of constant self-consumption. This dead end idea that every dime that comes into my house or into my hand has to go for me. Not only that, then I do some credit and some debt to just consume a little more. That is a dead end. It is brokenness and it has gotten all kinds of us into trouble. That isn't God's heart. No, he wants our finances to have purpose. And he knows every one of us, there's something in us. There's a voice inside of you that has said, you are supposed to do great things. And all, that looks different for every one of us. But you've had that voice. You had it as a kid, and maybe you've just kind of, life has beaten that voice out of you. I just want to say, start listening to it again, because that's the voice of God. He blessed you, and he created you for something amazing. And he wants to use you and your finances for something significant. Wouldn't you like to know when you leave this earth, your life, your time here, your relationships, and your money mattered for something? Wouldn't you like to be a person who, who, when you say, you look at something in the world and you go, man, somebody should do something about that. To be, to be able to be the person who can do something like that? To do something about it? Instead of just going, and when God says, well, I want you to do something about it. Oh, God, I can't. I'm in debt, God. I, I, no, I've got to work that overtime because I, I got this pressure. I got that pressure. Wouldn't you like to know that you, when God nudges you on something, you go, oh, I can do something. God, I can give towards that cause. God, I can go on that medical missions trip. I can be a part of that solution. I can, I can serve this ministry and actually do something. I have some resources. That's his desire for you. The question is, do you trust him enough to understand he wants to give you abundant life? He wants to bless you. Are you willing to say, okay, God, I will trust you in that? Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Abundant Life and How to Pay for It, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com